business leaders, listen up. It's time to eliminate bad attitudes, politics, and distrust on your business teams. It's time to change the culture of your team. That means you as the leader must change. It's time for you to have impact. Learn how from corporate consultant Dave Anderson on Impact Talk Radio. It's a learning hour of no fluff, straight talk with solutions designed to impact high-impact leaders who want to lead high-impact teams. It's time to stop reacting and start leading. Here's Dave Anderson with Impact Talk Radio. I don't know if you ever heard the comment like this, hey, I met the standards, what's the problem? Well, you know what? There's likely two problems when you hear something like that. Problem number one is the attitude. And problem number two is the standards themselves. See, I've either caused or witnessed both these problems. Some people believe that the first problem is with the follower and the second problem is with the leader. Well, you know what? That's just flat out wrong. That's, that's a fallacy. Since a leader is always accountable for the performance and attitude of the individuals on his team, the reality is both problems are my problems because I'm the leader. I'm Dave Anderson, and you're listening to Impact Talk Radio. And look, on this show and every show, we talk about leadership. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter if you're a leader in a huge company or a small company. If you run the business or you're the guy in the middle middle of the pack, if you're an entrepreneur or a corporate CEO, this is about leadership. That means it's about you. And you know what? Impact Talk Radio was designed for leaders. I bring you on leadership gurus who are authors, speakers, consultants, people who are in the midst of leading right now or have led. I mean, these people, these are people who have been there and done that. And you know what? We just don't talk about just theory of leadership. We get down to brass tacks. What do you have to do in the midst of the craziness of your day? What do you have to do, even though you've got all these competing priorities? How do you lead in the midst of all that? How do you stop reacting and start leading? Well, you know, when somebody talks about standards the way I just discussed, when they have that opinion that, hey, you know what? Standards are good enough. You know, that's an attitude problem. Too many people see standards as the level they need to aspire to reach. But the fact is, standards are the minimum, not the ultimate goal. They're the minimum. No leader wants a team full of people who aspire to reach the minimum. You know, unfortunately, some people believe life is about meeting minimum expectations of others. Each time I see one of these people, you know what? I'm amazed that someone hired them. I'm also amazed that someone hasn't fired them either. Now, that's where the leader is accountable. Hiring, coaching, and firing are, are a huge part of my job as a leader. You know, we had... Tony Azell is coming on here uh, today to talk about how do we coach the average person. And he's been on before where we talked about how do you coach a low performer. But we're going to talk today about how do you coach an average person. And we talked in his previous show about hiring and firing and things. You know, I got to hire the right attitudes. And I got to hire people who have the right attitudes about standards. I got to coach those people, even if I inherit people. I got to coach them to believe the standards are the if if they believe the standards are the highest hurdle that they need to clear, and finally I got to fire people who refuse to change their attitudes about my team standards. Each individual is accountable for his own attitudes, and as a leader, I'm accountable for who I bring on the team, how I coach them, and how long they're they're allowed to stay. I'm sure that you know, there are employment opportunities really for somebody whose ultimate goal is to achieve the minimum. But you know what? Those employment opportunities aren't with my team. And they, you know, they shouldn't be with yours. Now, the second problem is the standards. It's sad but true, but many leaders I've encountered set standards that are too low. That leader, and when they, you do that, you lead, end up leading a mediocre team because that leader has standards that are too low. You know, my children began playing basketball on a seven-foot goal. 
each year the hoop was raised until they were the, playing on the identical goal that you know LeBron and Kobe Bryant play on. But if I never rolls, raise that goal any higher than seven feet, should I be, be surprised that they can't compete against the people who play on the 10-foot goal? You know, I'm not claiming my kids will make the pro- play professional basketball. Sooner or later, their natural limitations are going to determine how far they go. But, you know, if I'm the one who creates artificial limitations by keeping the goals too low, their goal too low, then I'm determining their success and not them. As a leader, setting standards is not an arbitrary action. I need to understand what level of performance will allow my people to play at the same level as our best competition. I can start with lower goals for inexperienced people, but I need to raise them. And if someone gains, gains cons- confidence and experience, it's my job as a coach to raise a goal and let them be playing on the same goal as the big boys. Look, the minimum, if the minimum goal is good enough in the eyes of my team, then I need to find people who, are satis- who aren't satisfied with the minimum. As a leader, a leader also sets the standards. I've got to raise the standards and enforce the standards. In my, and in my experience, most people tend to rise to whatever the leader expects. We're going to be right back here in just in a little bit after this commercial to talk about standards. And we're going to talk about the average performer and how the average performer might look at your standards. And when Tony comes back, he's, he's with Accelerated Leadership Group. And we're going to talk about how Accelerated Leadership Group and Tony would handle the person who just says, you know what, average is good enough. Average, meeting the standards is just good enough. But you know what, nobody wants that type of person on our team. And as leaders, we need to make sure we do everything I can to either raise the standards or raise raise that person to the standards that we already have. So we'll be back right after this. And again, if you want to get in touch with me, contact me at Dave at ALSlead.com. This is Impact Talk Radio. A dose of reality, a dose of advice, a dose of impact solutions. Dave Anderson will be right back. Join the Executive Business Seminar with author and trainer, Dr. Risa Wolf, Ph.D. Are you looking for practical business tips and techniques for dealing with difficult situations or lowering speaking anxiety? Then this show is where you need to be if you are a business owner, corporate executive, or anyone ambitious about their career growth. Dr. Risa Wolf draws from her extensive mentoring background for business leaders and executives and interviews leaders who have practical solutions. Join Dr. Risa Wolf every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for your edition of the Executive Business Seminar right here on ABRN, the All Business Radio Network. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on DougieNet.com. Welcome. 
Welcome back to Impact Talk Radio. It's time to stop reacting and start leading. Here's Dave Anderson. You know, after after the last time uh, my ne- my guest uh, was on the show, Tony Azell, he told me he liked that I had Aerosmith as my background music. And I don't know about you, but Aerosmith is my favorite group of all time. And and to ha- be able to use Aerosmith as background music for uh, for my show, it, it's one of the, one of the highlights of my life right now. So I enjoy hearing that as we lead into our next section. Look, Tony Azell is going to be here to talk to, with us about coaching the average performer and uh, tony honestly everybody he's a coaching guru tony's is a proven business leader with 25 years of experience in hiring and training and building outside uh, outstanding sales leaders and organizations he worked in a huge pharma company for for 17 years and he played a leading role in developing commercial sales teams for two really successful startup companies in the biotech and pharmacy uh realm he also uh has hired and developed and promoted over 100 sales representatives 25 district regional managers 20 direct level Training managers, and when he's talking about how do we as leaders coach people, he's coming at it from experience. And now he's working with Accelerated Leadership Group, which is a group of talented and, you know, honestly, experienced leaders who've been there and done that. They all work together to bring to companies their expertise and help them know how to coach, how to lead their organizations. And if you want to find more out more about Accelerated Leadership Group, make sure you go to ALGleaders.com, ALGleaders.com. But Tony, thanks for joining us again to talk more about coaching. I appreciate you being here. Absolutely, Dave. It's uh, great being on again. Thank you so much. And it's great being back with a good friend, brother. Absolutely. Well, I feel this, absolutely the same way here. Uh, well, you heard my uh, my intro, and you yes. heard what I was saying about uh, standards and things. And you know, I really wanted to talk about the average the performer, the person who's just kind of says, "Ah, you know what? This is good enough. What's the big deal? How do you? How that's a challenge. I mean, I've always found it a challenge. Uh, what? How do you handle somebody like that? Yeah, well, you know, that's the frustrating thing about, you know, um, coaching is, you know, we talk about the term average. Well, you know, average is, it depends, you know. Um, you know, someone's, you know, average could differ. I think one of the most important things we do as leaders is that, you mentioned this in your intro, is that you set the expectations high. And one of the things I always try to do is, for me, Meeting expectations always was the exceeding expectations for everybody else in the organization. So if you're going to come on my team, brother, you got to know that we're going to run. And I think that's important for leaders to understand um, is, you know, if they're frustrated by their their performance of their people, then they got to look back again and say, what pace am I setting? Because as we both know, leaders set the pace for their teams. And there is only one way to lead, and that is by example. So, um uh, first of all, I got to ask myself: Is it, hey, what's my performance looking like, and what if, uh, what expectations have I set for this individual? One thing uh, I was real fortunate enough to is I was I was hired into that big farm organization you talked about. Is I was I felt like I was hired by the best district manager in that organization, so I was trained very well, and the expectations were extremely high for coming on board. But when I got my first management job, um, this leader told me, he "says Tony, when a hard charger meets a loafer, there's going to be friction." Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've never forgotten that because it's all, it's so true is that as a leader, you have to be aware of the pace that you're setting and, um, and 
people are not they're not going to run any faster than you're willing to run yourself, Dave. And so that's the first thing I'm going to do is I'm certainly going to to look at my performance, look at the expectations that I set, and make sure that I am setting expectations basically above those of the uh, of of the others in the organization, if you will. You know, Tony, I, I I like to use the analogy of you know watching the high jumpers in the Olympics. Well, they're warming up. They don't they don't uh, they warm up at say like six feet. They're able to jump seven 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 eight. Though you know it's high, but they'll warm up at six feet. But they don't because they're able to jump seven six. They don't clear a six foot the six foot uh, hurdle by a foot and a half. They just clear it by an inch. Yeah, you know the people jump just as high as they need to. Well, if you so if you set that bar low, they're they're going to clear the bar, but that's all they're going to do. Well, you want to make it a challenge for them to clear the bar because that's how they improve. That's that's a great point, Dave. You know, it's um, and you know it's the the thing that's I think is important, and we've talked about this. You know, obviously uh, between ourselves as well. When you think about you know the motivation and understanding that and making sure that you understand that within your within your team now i've never believed that you know everybody on my team obviously uh there's there's only one lebron james right right so i can't have everybody being lebron james but i can't have everybody given the maximum effort and mm. you know they may not always put the same amount of points on the board but if they're giving me the great effort all right, that I'm going to need, then, then that's going to be great because, it's, you know, um, uh, that's really the key I think you got to look at is you think about the average performer. What is their effort looking like? And what is, you know, we talked, about, we talked a lot about habits and attitudes and what are those things looking like? Because um, a lot of times it's we can help them jump higher. Maybe it's giving them additional skills or helping them acquire things that are maybe holding them back. But, man, if that effort's there, um, that same boss told me a story, too. He said it's a whole lot easier to steer a horse that's running than it is to get one out of the gate. Mm. And brother, that's uh, that's something I've always tried to look at is look at what is the effort I'm getting because I can certainly figure out a way to steer them in the right direction if they're running hard, brother. Yeah, effort. I mean, that's it, right? I mean, I always think that when we hire, you know, we've talked, you and I talked about in the last show, we talked about hiring, but, you know, none of us hire, nobody, I mean, let's face it, somebody who just got hired, nobody walks into their job the first day and they're already aspiring to be average usually they're motivated usually that first day i've always been and most people are they're really motivated that first day they're ready to rock and roll they want to do tear things up and everything but what happens six months later a year later all of a sudden they're down they're, they're, they they've gone down to average now they've got the potential so what's happened in between there you know lots of times yeah. it's us well and that's a great <laughs> question too because sometimes i have to look at you know go back and look and say hey how many times have i been with this person yeah. Okay. That's a that's sometimes can be a key you know reason why the person has their performance maybe has dipped. Okay. We uh, you know how, how how much feedback have I been giving them? You know have the, have we had you know good discussions around expectations and really do I understand and have I taken the time to understand them? You know because you 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 look at the thing too and you look at why people leave an organization why they become dissatisfied in an organization. Do they have they? Uh, do they feel valued? Do they feel appreciated? What's their relationship like with their with their manager? Do they have other friends in the organization who are also encouraging and supporting their performance? I mean, there's a lot of things that go into play of why someone maybe, like you said, they they hit the ground running, they're excited, they're enthusiastic about, but then over time their performance dips, things you know, performance begins to to, to fall off, and and you, you got to look sometimes. A lot of times it can be those external factors and things that are impacting that, and um, you got to really do a, a good 
a reflection on and an inventory on what's been going on, what's been happening here. So hopefully yeah, that, you, uh, that, that gives some insights. You know, in uh, the previous show that we did, I remember you mentioned something about an onboarding process and the importance of onboarding. Can you expand on that a little bit more than you did last the last time we spoke? Why is that important? And you know, maybe one or two tips as far as onboarding to make sure somebody doesn't slide into mediocrity? Yeah. Um, you know, for me, Dave, onboarding, especially early on, is it tries to accomplish a couple of things. First of all, I want to establish trust with the person that I'm bringing on board. As a leader, there's nothing more important. And I always believe this, too, that some people talk about trust. Well, I can't trust that person or whatever. But I look at it. Trust is, is always works on a continuum, if you will. Mm-hmm. There's, you, you, you vary in your levels. Of, we all know this with relationships, with our husbands or our wives sometimes or our partners, you know, whatever is that, you know, Trust varies, and sometimes what you want to do as a leader, you want to keep that trust meter high. And so and you, and the way to do that, obviously, early on is having a really good onboarding process. And so one of the first things I do is I, uh, I create a, a personal profile, if you will, or kind of a bio, if you will, about myself. All right? It has all those kind of key things about me. Um, you know, everything to what I like on my iPod, i.e. Uh, the Aerosmith music we both talked about. <laughs> but, and, and, you know, just to kind of give some insights to the people that I'm bringing on board, insights about me personally, myself, my interests, my hobbies, my family, my, my work history, things of that nature. And also it gives them a chance to, to, you know, understand me a little bit. And also I ask that they reciprocate that to me as well. So I'm learning some things about them. You know, what are some things they like? What management styles work well? You know, when are, when are their you know, have had great days at work in the past, just some really key insights to help me understand this person. So that's one of the first things I do to kind of get things started. And then I set up a, a specific one-on-one FaceTime. Before we ever talk about, you know, work, you know, I really want to understand a lot about them. I use a uh, the, the uh, kind of the Gallup survey, if you will, that profile mm-hmm. that talks about talent and expectations and recognition and reward and how they want this relationship to work. And um, a lot about the insights of about their goals, their motivators, and you have to be careful about that too, because you know if you're if you're just using that as a, a quote exercise, and it's like okay we're uh, we, we've kind of got to get through this. I really I don't go through it, that whole entire thing you know from the get go because it, it you know it almost feels like you're you're interviewing somebody you know it, it can be come off kind of phony yeah. or kind of sterile. You want it to be real, and so you know this is kind of a, an early on you know ninety day to you know even the first six month process. And so uh, I use that. Another thing I've, I've developed, I, I'd encourage all leaders to do, is you must have some very clear expectations. And people need to understand that even as early as the interview process. They don't need to get surprised by the expectations on the, you know, on early on in the, you know, their first 30 days. They should have known that and had those discussions even before the offer was made. So I've got very clear things about expectations from them. Also. I have a uh, there's a uh, a piece in there I have too about what are their expectations from me? What do they want from me as their leader? Mm-hmm. And then another thing I, I really kind of do that uh, I've kind of got this storyline. I talk you know tell about myself, my story, what are the things that are important to me, kind of how I grew up, and all these things that kind of make up who we are, and kind of what are our what are my stakes in the ground? You know, as far as my leadership tenets are concerned, so they understand more about kind of where I'm coming from because I find that most people when they come into an organization they want to please their boss. They want to do good work, just like you talk about, Dave. And then the yeah. final thing I kind of do with that as well is I kind of have a little section that I always talk about is, hey, what are the things that really make me tick? You want to you want to know what makes me smile every day, and you know at the end of the week, and I go, man, can Dave killed it this week, man? 
These are the kind of things that make me tick. And then also I let them know that I've got a list of about five or six things that really tick me off. And then yeah. most of the time people are wondering about, you know, what is it? I've got to kind of go through a 90-day you know, honeymoon or whatever process to figure out what kind of things tick my boss off. But why don't we just tell them up front? Yeah. We all have certain quirks and things in our personalities, I think, as leaders and things that, I mean, for me, and I don't know what it is, but I've got a, I've got this internal clock going in me, Dave, and, and it's always five minutes early. And if, and if you're not five minutes early, you're five minutes late, brother, or whatever yeah. we're supposed to do. And so that's just me. That's how I'm wired. So let's just talk about that. And guess what? If we got a conference call and you're down and late, we're not going to have fun. All yeah. right. So anyway, just some of those little things that I've tried to do on my own onboarding process that, that really have helped me and certainly maybe eliminate uh, some of these slips in performance, you know, and, uh, and kind of address those things early on. Well, so let's 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 think about one particular person here that you got a person on your team. They're non-exceptional. They're average. They're meeting standards, you know, and. What if they have that thought process? Well, you know, the standards are good enough. What are some specific things, tools, uh, actions a leader can take to help raise the level of that person? Yeah. Um, well, the thing I look at too, Dave, always, I'm always looking at my team as well. You know, and like I said, I can't have – everybody can't be LeBron, but are they giving me the effort? If they give me the effort, then I'm going to look at some specific maybe capabilities or competencies, first of all, that may be holding them back. So diagnosis is a critical piece for a manager. You must be able to diagnose before you can treat the, the patient, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try and figure that out. And so the only way you can figure that out is to go spend some time with them, watch yeah. them do their job, all right? Um, make sure that you have a really good understanding about areas that they're, they're strong in and areas that they're perhaps weak in. Now, one thing I'm a big believer in, I believe that you help people soar with their strengths. And so I want to be able to do a good job diagnosing what is this person really good at? First of all, are they in the right role? They may have a what I call it the wrong hole problem. And that wrong hole problem is I got a square peg, but I'm trying to force them into the round hole. Yeah. Do are they in the best place where they can do their best work, where they can really shine in the organization? Guess what? They may be good in sales, but they may be great in marketing, or they may be great, you know, even working in a clinical setting, or maybe they, they may be great in analytics. Am I, am I getting you know, the most out of them by having them in the right role? So that's a very important part of this. You know, I think we've got to look at that. Are they, are they, in, a, are they in a role where they can, their strengths can be accentuated? And, um, and so the other thing is, if, they're, if I'm saying yes to that, then are there really critical skill sets that may be, uh, may be lacking? And so, again, a diagnosis for me. So I'm going to look at that. What is that skill or task? How are they doing in that skill or task? And guess what? Where are they at? What kind of coaching do they need? Do they need a lot of support, you know, because mm-hmm. they know how to do this thing? Or do they need a lot of direction and real strong coaching around that capability, maybe training around that capability to help elevate that? And I think those are the really critical things, Dave, that a good leader can do to help elevate the performance of their people. Instead yeah. of too many times we just go, hey, you know what, they're average. Well, guess what? Figure out what it is and either get them in the right role, okay, mm-hmm. all right, get them in the right hole, okay, or mm-hmm. help develop their skills or competencies that may be critical that are lacking, and let's that's, and that's get them better. So. Yeah. Well, we got about a minute left here, Tony. I want to make sure go back to one thing, too. It, like you said, if we already have a team whose minimum standards are above everybody else, my average guy would be an all-star 
on yeah. the, on somebody else's team. So that's yeah. not necessarily a bad thing. Like you said, they that but if my standards as a leader are just average or if I go by the company standards and the company standards are usually set up to the lowest common denominator, you can always set your standards above the company yeah. standards. And that's you know, what I think you day, and I are both on the same track with that. Absolutely. So you look at great leaders in you know, I don't care whether it's sports, whether it's business, whatever it is. Have you ever seen a great leader that set low standards? No, no. You know, you know John Wood's one of my favorites is all, of all time, and, you know, he started with the very basics of how do you put on your socks and how do you tie your shoes. Right. He had standards for everything, you know, he did, and he, he communicated that to his people so well. And by doing that, obviously, you know, who, who wins a dozen NCAA championships in a row, brother? Uh, yeah. You're a, a tremendous leader with, with high standards. All right, we're going into break. Tony, thanks again for being here to talk about that average performer. When we come back, I'm going to remind everybody how to get in touch with Tony and how to find out more about Accelerated Leadership Group. This is Impact Talk Radio. Learn more on Dave Anderson's blog at AndersonLeadershipSolutions.com. Stay with us. Back after these. In today's business world, you have to be LinkedIn. LinkedIn, it's a great tool. And Carol McManus is the LinkedIn lady. Join us for the LinkedIn Lady Show every weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Carol is here to show you and your business how every social media site has a specific demographic, personality, and purpose that can benefit you. In each show, the LinkedIn lady will have a variety of guests, such as business owners who will showcase their businesses and talk about how they're using social media to stay in touch with not only customers, but to attract new relationships that become customers. Other guests will be experts in social media who will speak to the use of Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google, Plaxo, Squidoo, and of course, LinkedIn. For more on Carol and the show, check out her website, LinkedInLady.com. Join us for the LinkedIn Lady Show with your host, Carol McManus, every weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 Central on Toginet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the Million Dollar Mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Toginet.com. Welcome back to Impact Talk Radio. No fluff, just straight talk with impact solutions for high-impact leaders. Here's Dave Anderson. 
Well, if you don't know it, that's Aerosmith, and that's a song, same old song and dance, and we do not want to be doing the same old song and dance as coaches. We want to be learning all the time. And I appreciate uh, Tony Ozell being on the show today with us talking about those average performers. Want to make sure you know how to get in touch with Tony. You can uh, find him. His email is shine, S-H-I-N-E, 516 at me.com. Or you can go to the Accelerate Leadership Group website, and you can find out all the information about Accelerate Leadership Group at algleaders.com, algleaders.com. Obviously, if you want to contact me, find me Dave at alslead.com, Dave at alslead.com. I speak. I consult. I help, I, I'll just answer your questions if you have questions. Just email me. Catch me on Twitter at, at DaveAnderson88. If you want to hear more podcasts from Impact Talk Radio, you can find us on iTunes uh, as well. Well, look, when I want to make sure we're clear about something. We've talked about in, in a past show, we talked about the poor performer, and we also talked about the average performer in today's show. But, you know, when somebody's doing something well, I want to make sure you know this. A good coach is going to jump on the opportunity to praise them. I mean, praise is a great motivator. You want to be praising. That's one, that's one of the cheapest motivating tools that you have out there. Too often we go to gift cards or bonuses and we think that's what motivates people. More often than not, it can be just praise. I, I haven't run into anybody who answers this question, who goes home at night and says to their spouse, oh, honey, I just get way too much praise at work. <laughs> it doesn't happen. So praise is a huge motivator. But misplaced praise, that can demotivate. Making people feel good about themselves in a vacuum, it just doesn't work. You know, in my past, I, f- I fell into a habit of always praising people, and it hurt their performance and our relationship. Now, make, let's be sh- clear about something. It's what you praise. I was praising style. I was praising effort. I even praised people for good intentions. And there's nothing wrong with praising these things if results follow, okay? But in the absence of results... That praise is unwarranted. Now, this, uh, this phenomenon of, uh, of recognition without, without uh, results is, you know, truly it's prevalent in our society. I mean, it starts in youth sports where we give trophies to everybody who even, who's, who's participating. And just thanks for showing up. You're breathing. You're on the court. You're breathing. Let's give you a trophy for that. And so now that's bled into business. I see leaders doing the same thing now all the time. When praise comes without production, some people believe that this is what coaching is all about. They believe praise is what will motivate people. You know what? I disagree. When praise comes in the absence of production, we reinforce that results are secondary. Whatever a coach reinforces, the players are going to continue to produce. Hear me again. Whatever a coach reinforces, the players will continue to produce. Now, before anyone jumps on my comments and thinks I'm advocating some sort of autocratic or tough love style, I want to be clear. There's a difference between praise and encouragement. See, results come before praise. Encouragement comes before results. Results come before praise. Encouragement comes before results. Just go to the thesaurus. I did. And you look up synonyms. Look up a synonym for praise. And this is what I found. Celebrate, exalt, acclaim, commend. All those things are come after somebody produces something. Now you look up a synonym, synonym for encouragement, boost, motivation, spur, stimulus. Those are all things to get people going, to get them moving forward. 
Praise comes after the fact. Encouragement comes before the fact. That's the key. Praise comes after the fact. Encouragement comes before the fact. A coach's job is to have impact. A coach is only needed if if people she coaches are getting better. Honestly, if people aren't getting better, then why is she why is she even there? Her team is stuck and the players aren't improving. She's not doing her job. Praising people who aren't producing results is not coaching. Encouraging those same people is. The best thing to do for a person who's struggling is to be candid with them and tell them about their poor performance. Hey, you're not cutting it right now. Then the encouragement comes. The coach enters into a problem-solving mode and helps that low performer reach your goal. Hey, let's come up with a plan and change that. That's the key. We're talking about coaching here. We want to make people better. Honestly, if I'm not developing the people on my team, I'm not leading. That's such a key component of leadership. I want to send you off with that and make sure you see, see yourself as a people developer. That's what we talked about with Tony today. Look, looking forward to having you come back to Impact Talk Radio, uh, where we're going to talk more about helping you stop reacting and start leading. And remember, find me at Dave at ALSLead.com. 